Welcome to another inspirational message from Chowdean Community Church, Gateshead. For more information about Chowdean, visit www.chowdean.org.uk. We hope you enjoy the podcast. says the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight and how can that be that a small baby there in a manger in a dirty stable can be the source of our hopes and fears for all the years forever and ever and ever uh, we have in our office um, a secret Santa how many of you have ever had a secret Santa in your workplace some nods there how many of you like secret Santas? Yeah. I'm, I don't mind secret Santa. I'm always a bit wary. And I'll tell you why I'm wary. Because in our office, we, uh, we have our secret Santa when we go out for a meal. And uh, I'm very fortunate. I work for uh, Sir Peter Vardy, who takes us out for a meal at Christmas, which is very nice. And uh, he pays for it as well, which is even nicer. So that's really good. And uh, we always go to some very, well, not always. Last year we went to a not-so-good restaurant. But this year we always go to a quite a posh restaurant, as you can imagine. And so we sit around, and it's the tradition that we open our secret Santas in this posh restaurant, sitting around with all the other members of staff. So as a true tradition of secret Santa, we, uh, somebody comes around the office with a little bit of paper with somebody's name in Right, a name on, and um, and you pull a name out, and uh, and if it's yours, you have to put it back in again. Um, we have a bit of a tradition in our place. If you get your name, you put it back in. If you get Sir Peter's name, you put it back in again, as well, because like it's a hard decision. What do you buy Sir Peter for his uh, secret Santa? But never mind. Uh, so I got somebody else's and bought them what I thought was a very nice gift that they'd be really happy with, a sensible gift, you know, some nice candles. Well, I didn't buy them. Susan bought them as usual and gave them to me to pack up and put them away. And then you worry when you go, don't you, about, well, you, have, like, you hope you're going to get something nice and useful, perhaps. I was thinking, well, maybe, you know, I might get something yellow. I'd only got a little gift that was yellow this year. And as you know, yellow's my favorite color. Um, and I hope you get something really nice and something useful. Well, through the years, I've had various things. I once got this joke book, which was a bit crude and I didn't really like it. I put it straight in the bin. Um, I once got this thing, which I thought was a sparkly tie, but turned out to be a very sparkly G-string. But never mind. Um, that went in the bin as well, but never mind. <laughs> and so this year I thought, well, you know, these people, the nice folks that I work with, you know, what will they buy me? And so everybody else got sort of nice things. Some people got some, uh, some, some hats and things. And I, I opened my bag and the bag felt really light. It was a box sealed up and I opened it up and this is what I got. Now, I don't know whether somebody was very thoughtful and knew that I keep chickens, but, you know, I had to wear it all the way through the meal, which was good because I didn't see the person who got the candles wearing the candles all the way through, but never mind. Uh, but 
I thought, well, what can I use it for? Emily says, well, Dad, we'll just put it in the Christmas box and every year you can just get it out again. Uh, and I thought, no, I've got a good idea. The chickens aren't laying at the moment. So when I go down to feed them, I'm going to put this on and say, look, this is what you're going to end up like if you don't give me some eggs soon. <laughs> that was the idea. Uh, I try, Well, I haven't tried it yet, but I will try it and uh, let you know if it works and I get any eggs soon. Otherwise, Paul, the chickens are going to have to go back to the farm. No eggs for three months is not good, is it? Not when you have to buy all the food as well. But shell out for it. <laughs> okay. So, I don't know about you, but when, when I start a new year, it's a time when we think about what's going to happen. In, we, we, we look back at what's happened over the year. And we think, well, you know, we had some hopes for the year. Perhaps we had some plans We think, well, did that happen? Did those plans come to light? We think about, well, what when we look forward to the new year, we think, well, have we got plans for the new year? What could go wrong? What are our plans? What went wrong during the year? Peter went home, and Peter and Rachel went home from Christmas and found they got a flood in the in the the back room, and. uh, Peter spent all yesterday trying to work out where the flood was coming from. I think we're finally isolated. And of course, Dad's got to go up on the roof and uh, this afternoon and try and block the hole where the water's getting in, I think, somehow or other. But we have hopes and fears. And, uh, and it's hard for us. When we look at Christmas, we celebrated last week. We had all the people in church. It was fantastic. But those words, hope and fear of all the years, are met in the, how can we equate our daily lives to what, what happened in the stable at Christmas when Jesus was born? How do the two come together as we go through next year? How does the birth of Jesus change our lives? Well, I want to tell you very briefly about three people in the Bible who had some fears and, um, and Jesus met those fears. God met those fears as he talked to them. And, you know, when we think about Bethlehem now, when the, uh, the songwriter in 1865, a guy called Philip Brooks, wrote, wrote that song, Bethlehem was a tranquil place. It was a place at peace. When we look at Bethlehem now, it's far from tranquil. It's in the middle of all this Middle East conflict. And... It isn't a peaceful place now. It's a place of conflict and war and mistrust and anguish going on there. There was an old man called Zachariah. And um, God had given him a promise many, many, many years ago. And, uh, and, And the promise was that he would have a son. He would have a son. Him and his wife, Elizabeth, would have a son. And Zachariah had remembered that promise, but hadn't, nothing had happened for years and years and years. And they had a fear that nothing was going to happen. We say that when uh, a lady is going to have a baby, they're expecting a child, aren't they? We're going to say, oh, well, they're expecting, they're expecting a baby. Zachariah, although God had promised him and Elizabeth that they were going to have a child, They were not expecting anything to happen. Time had gone by. (coughs) Excuse me. Zachariah was really old now. 
It was long, his wife was long past the age of childbirth. And something unexpected happened. Something came out and gave Zachariah a bit of a shock. Because Zachariah was somebody who was faithful in what he was doing. He was a priest in the temple. And one night he was serving in the temple when somebody jumped out and gave him a message. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Excuse me. Standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zachariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call him John. And you know, something happened there because Zacharias just didn't think that God was going to fulfill his promise. After year, after year, after year of praying, after year of being expecting something to happen, now the angel appeared to him. And we can have a fear of the unexpected. Most of us live orderly lives. We like things to be in a routine. Our house has great routines. We like to do things in the right order and do things correctly as we think at the time. <coughs> when someone jumps out at us, gives us a fright. Excuse me, I'm going to have to have another drink. Comes out at us and gives us a fright and says, boo. We're caught on the hop, aren't we? We're caught unexpectedly. <coughs> Excuse me. Yet during this next year, there will be times when we will be caught on the hop. There'll be things that give us a shock. We'll go home and find a flood. We'll find something's happened in our lives. We might be made redundant. We might not get the job we want. We might find someone dies who we care about. We, all sorts of things can catch us on the hop, catch us unexpectedly. But the word says that God is with us and that we're not to be frightened in any situation that we find ourselves in, that God comes in. This whole story of Zacharias also raises some interesting questions. It's like, how long should we pray for something? How, many, many of you here perhaps have been praying for something for many, many, many years. Perhaps for a, a partner or a, a relative to become a Christian, to hear the word and to respond. But so, this story of Zacharias gives us hope because it says we don't need to stop praying. God hears our prayer. When the angel said to uh, Zacharias, your prayer has been heard. God hears our prayer. Sometimes we think God's not listening to us, don't we? We think, I've prayed this prayer that many times. I'm getting bored with it. God, God must be really bored with it. And yet this tells us that God hears our prayer. And even when we're fearful that God isn't answering our prayer, there is always hope because God does hear our prayers and in the due course answers our prayers. Christ, being Christians, and in Christmas, it's about being confronted by the unexpected. Nobody expected a king to come in a manger, in a stable, in a grotty, dirty hall. Nobody would have expected that. But Christ provides the unexpected in our lives. 
times will happen when we think, whoops, I didn't expect that to happen. God's answered that prayer, but it was unexpected in our lives. During the year as a church, we looked at various things. At the beginning of the year, we looked at the Bible. It's interesting that next year we're going to look at the Bible again. We looked at how the Bible can be answers to our lives, how relevant it is in our lives. Then we looked at James. James is one of those very practical books in the Bible, as we found out. James has answers to how we deal with things. When we have conflict in our lives, when we have anguish, when we have joy, James tells us how to react to people around us, how to live our lives. And then we, as if that wasn't enough, we went on into the series about living excellent lives, how we live our lives, how we live our lives spiritually, how we live our lives financially, how we live our lives prayerfully. We looked at living our lives. And then, just to remind us of God's presence, we've done a series leading up to Christmas, culminating in last week where we looked at God's presence right through the Bible of how he wants to be with us in everything we do. So you'd think that with all of that teaching that we've had in the year, that we're all perfect, yeah? And if you're here, would like to admit that you're all perfect? No? No? So we've, we might have read all that stuff about being perfect and living excellent lives, but we've still got a way to go, haven't we? None of us are at that point yet where we can hold our hand up and say, we're perfect if we are a bit delusioned or we're living in cuckoo land, but we've got ways to go. And so next year, as we start the series, Paul's going to explain how we're going to uh, have a vision for each one of us and a vision for the church to move on. Sometimes God needs to shake us up, doesn't he? Sometimes we need to kick up the backside, as they say, in our Christian lives, just to reorganize us. And that's when God provides the unexpected, when he says boo to us, when he steps out and changes the things we think about. Then I want to look at another fear, another time when God stepped in and, and shocked someone. Remember the story of Mary receiving the message from the angel that she will soon carry the Messiah in a womb. And here we encounter, along with Mary, the second fear of Christmas. He's the scripture. But when she, Mary, saw the angel, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now here's another fear. We had the fear of the unexpected, now we've got the fear of the uncontrollable. Uncontrollable. Here was Mary. She was being told that she was going to conceive a child. She didn't have any choice in the matter. It was going to happen. It was already done. It was already going to happen. And she had a choice of how she dealt with that news. And we read that initially Mary was a bit shocked. But then she said, she said, okay. I'm just willing to accept the plan that God has for my life. Even though that was a momentous decision, she was willing to choose, willing to move on and say, what God's decided, let it be so and follow on. 
You know, frankly, message to Mary. How many of you like to have that sort of message given to you? Where your life's going to be completely changed around. For Mary, her life was going to be completely different from what she planned. She planned to have a normal life. Perhaps she planned to uh, just to study. Perhaps then she planned to, uh, she had a, a wedding in mind. And then she planned to have children, the children to grow up, have a nice family home, go to the synagogue when they could, and have a normal life. All of that was completely changed around. And sometimes when God speaks to us, our lives are turned around. Things are changed, and we've got to be ready for the uncontrollable in our lives to happen. The anecdote to the fear from Christmas and the fear of the uncontrollable can be found in Psalms 46. It says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There's the clue. We will not fear, because God is present in our trouble as well. And then later on in verse 10, there's those really famous words that we know. Be still and know that I am God. And you know, sometimes when we get a shock, when something unexpected happens in our lives, when something happens that's uncontrollable, out of our control, the first thing we do is panic. And yet the scripture says the answer is to be still and know that I am God. And there's a little tip for us during next year. When things seem chaotic, when things seem, God, this is not what I expected to happen. God, this wasn't planned in my life. The, the answer is to be still and know that he's God and that he's in control. One writer said, we're safer in a storm with Jesus than anywhere else without him. We're safer in a storm with Jesus than anywhere else around them. And then finally, third, third fear came at Christmas. And you'll re- recognize these words in Luke's gospel. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. There was the fear of the unknown. The fear of the unknown. The shepherds weren't just afraid, it says. They were greatly afraid. Greatly. Well, wouldn't you be? You're out in the field at night. Perhaps, you you know, those of you who've got dogs, you're out taking the dog for a walk one night. And as you turn the corner of the street, suddenly there's a host of angels there. Would you be a little bit afraid, maybe? Or perhaps greatly afraid? Uh, or just like absolutely gobsmacked and devastated? I'm not sure. But the, angel, the, the, the shepherds were obedient. They, they were told to go. He were poor shepherds who weren't even allowed in the synagogue because of their status, because of their filth and dirt and the way they were. And yet they were told to go and welcome the king of kings, the fear of the unknown. The fear of the unknown comes in many 
different guises. It can come from a nudge from the Holy Spirit to do something. And we think, I can't do that. That's not me. That's out of my character. I'm not able to do that. It can take us out of our comfort zone. One of the things about Safe Families that's been really incredible, those of you who know that I work for Safe Families, and we recruit people to volunteers to go out and, uh, and get alongside families who are in struggling times, and many people in this church are greatly involved in that. It's absolutely fantastic. But one of the, often when I go and talk to people about being a volunteer, they'll go, I don't know whether I can do it. I'll have to step out of my comfort zone. I'll be going into people's homes and I don't know the people or I'll be going into homes that aren't quite like my home or I'll be going into circumstances where the situation's totally different to what I'm used to. But then after they've done it, they'll say to me, and some of you are here today who've already said this to me, yeah, wow, what a blessing I got from doing that. What a blessing it was to go and get alongside these people and I've learned so much from them. And when God speaks to us and asks us to step out of our comfort zone, we'll get a blessing. When the shepherds went to that stable, they were blessed. How many of us would have liked to have been there with the shepherds in that stable for that blessing? So there's the fear of the unknown. One thing about the shepherds were that when they heard the word, they were obedient and went and did it. And they, even though it was completely different and alien to what they were doing. When we have hope, we can overcome fear. When we have hope in Jesus, we can overcome fear. We can overcome the things that might go wrong in our lives. We can overcome the things that God asks us to do because we have that hope in Jesus. When our kids were small, um, and particularly Rachel was really good at doing this, she loved to climb up on walls and run along the walls. And then she'd get to a certain point and she'd go, Dad, catch me. Yeah? Have you all had this with your kids? And then you've got to be there to catch them, otherwise they're going to get smattered on the concrete. And, uh, and sometimes that was hard, because sometimes they caught a bit unaware. But you see, our kids at that time have trust in us as parents. And you know what God wants us to do is to have that trust and that faith and that hope in them. That when we jump off the wall and do something completely different, when we step off, even though we're a bit fearful, we, we need to have that hope and that trust in Jesus that he'll hold us and he'll keep us safe. I don't know what lies ahead in my life for the next year. I don't know what lies ahead in your life's lives for the next year. I don't know what lies ahead for us as a church in the next year. We have all sorts of hopes, don't we? We hope for a new building. We hope for more people to come. We hope for people to grow in faith and to become stronger, each one of us. Um, my hope for Safe Families is that our volunteers will be really blessed as they go out and do more work in the community and we'll get more volunteers and we'll see God moving in people's lives. I don't know what's going to happen in your life. I know that as a church we want to be alongside everyone. We want to try and help each other. We want to be more supportive, even more supportive than we already are. But I want us just to remember and uh, I think we've got the last slides coming up there. 
every blessing for 2015. We're on a journey together. Paul's going to tell us something a bit about that journey next week. But our hopes and fears, let's share our fears. Let's share what we're apprehensive about. Let's share what frightens us. Sometimes change frightens us, doesn't it, in the church. Let's share that with each other. And let's share our hopes and our dreams together that we can grow together. The three people who we talked about, the three groups of people, all had fears. But when they put their trust and their hope in Jesus, in God, their hopes were met. And I pray that each one of us, as we enter a new year, (coughs) as we look back over last year and as we move into next year, we'll just realize that whatever fears we have, the baby in a manger is the hope for the future. The baby in the manger is our hope for eternal life. The baby in the manger is our hope for prayer and support and care in whatever situation we find ourselves in. The hopes and fears of all the years, not just last year, not just the last 2,000 years, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in Jesus tonight. Let's pray together, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you are beside us whatever circumstances we face in the future and that you've been beside us in the previous years that have gone by. Father, help us to just have complete hope and trust in you just as the early people trusted in you and realized that you were a king, king of kings and lord of lords. Father, we pray for us as a church that we'll grow closer together in fellowship, that our hopes and fears we can share together, that we can carry each other's concerns and we can share each other's hopes and joys and look forward to a time together. Father, will you bless each one of us, take away our fears, and fill us with a hope for eternity. Amen. This is the end of this message. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about our church, please visit www.chowdean.org.uk and please take a minute to rate our podcast on iTunes. 